0: Well, welcome to another Start to Continue podcast, episode number 29, I think. That is correct, uh, sir. There's Joe, I'm Bill, and with us is a special surprise guest. We have Duke from Retro Nonsense.
1: Hey. How's how it going, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Um, special surprise guest because... Uh, Just earlier today, I was spying on you and Joe. You are having a little conversation about today's upcoming podcast, and I said to Joe, why not just invite the guy on? There's literally only eight hours' notice, but (laughs) 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 but let's see what happens, and Joe fought me on it, of course, (laughs) because Joe is very afraid of other people coming in to the circle,
1: so... Okay.
0: You know, I convinced him. I said, "Don't worry about it. You know, we don't need to have your full dossier to talk to you. We can just riff like we normally do." So sure. here you are. You said yes.
1: Here I am. <clears throat> that was Hopefully was sounding okay.
0: Sounds good. Okay. I'm glad you could make it with such short notice. Uh, yeah, me too. I don't think many people could do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I me mean, so, especially me with my kid's schedule. To to have a an open hour or so is just. Uh, very rare so it all worked out
0: that's probably the the first question we have on our minds especially Joe because his famous hashtag is I've got two kids <laughs>
1: so how,
0: how do you manage you have
1: three kids three yeah
0: how, how do you manage this hobby and three kids and a happy wife and a happy home
1: uh, good question the only really way I can manage it is by including them so I don't know if you guys noticed but on my it started out, and for the most part, my kids are included in most of my videos. So it started out as kind of a family, uh, kind of a family thing. So it's kind of an all-inclusive uh, um, YouTube channel. So uh, and you know, it's uh, I can only do maybe a video a month if I'm lucky, because it is with my kids' age right now. They're 12, 11, and 8. So um, they're it, full activity mode. They're, they're all in sports and my daughter's in dance and they're all in scouts and uh, with my work schedule and everything else it is every second of every day is, is taken with something. So um, we try to get them in bed at a decent hour because they start their day, their day pretty early. So yeah, I mean there are only a couple hours a month that we can probably try to squeeze the video in and uh, that's what we try to do. So we try to be pretty Regimented and pretty uh, consistent with it. Doesn't always happen, but I usually I get about a video out a month.
0: So. Yeah, but you're playing games too. When when do you manage? To <laughs> game time?
1: I, I'm not I playing I a lot of games. I I usually am playing the cartridge club of the month game, and um, I will try to squeeze in an hour a day in the evening after they're in bed and before I spend my time with my wife. So I I only get about an hour a day if I'm lucky of gaming it. So. That, that's that's it
0: <laughs> late at night
1: late at night yeah so I usually go to bed around you know midnight I usually get up around six o'clock in the morning for my work
0: yeah you see i I, I had to stop doing that because uh, gaming had get me too jacked up and I couldn't sleep so what Doesn't get know. me
1: too jacked up um I start kind of dozing off sometimes <laughs> playing the game so uh, again I could only play for about an hour before I start kind of my mind gets too foggy to even concentrate so um, and sometimes on the weekends I'll get a little bit more game time in uh, but again the weekend schedule gets just as jam-packed as the week uh, kids like this weekend we're going camping my boys are in Boy Scouts and I'm going camping with them all weekend whole weekend so there's a the whole weekend gone so I won't do any gaming except if I sneak my 3DS in my in my knapsack which we're not supposed to do because it's a no electronics kinda club <laughs> But uh, right. I always kind of sneak mine in, along <laughs> with some comic books. So.
0: All right, so Joe, are you learning? Oh, you know what? I think Joe got kicked out again. <laughs> oh, man, he's frozen. <laughs> that would be the third time. Mm. Oh, well, we kicked Joe out of the podcast, just me and you. <laughs> so, um, but you are playing the Cartridge Club Game of the Month, which I guess is Metroid Prime.
1: It is, and I'm very much enjoying it. It's one of the best uh, ones I've played with so far with the club. It's um, I'm having a great time with. It. I did play it back in the day when it first came out, um, but I never played it all the way through. At the time, I was uh, more into my Xbox and Halo, and kind of uh, didn't put a lot of time into my GameCube. But I'm really, really enjoying it a lot. It's a uh, it's a great game, and it's just I'm a big Metroid fan. It's probably my I often will say Metroid is my favorite game of all time for the NES. I'm a big NES fan, and um, Super Metroid is a masterpiece. So those two games are so high up there on my list. Um, but when I first attempted uh, the GameCube version, I was a little uh, leery of the controls and, and the new you know three d kind of take on it. I mm. just couldn't I couldn't uh, buy into it at the time, especially with the control scheme being different than the Xbox with the three d. Uh, first-person shooter games. I've had a hard time with the control scheme at first, but I quickly adapted this time around and um, I'm having such a good time playing it. It's a great game.
0: Yeah, you're playing it on the GameCube right now? I am, yeah. Yeah, well, I picked it up a little while ago, uh, maybe a year or so ago, and when I was playing it on the Wii, I just got frustrated with it. And I, was, I don't know, I didn't have fun with it.
1: So. Yeah, I heard, uh, heard you talking about that. And, uh, a lot of people have mentioned uh, that the controls on the Wii is a little, I guess, um, cumbersome, I guess. But uh, I find uh, with the um, WaveBird, the GameCube controller uh, is great. I have no problems at all. I'm, uh, it, it took a little bit of getting used to because you can't look and move at the same time like you can with a, a typical modern uh, first-person shooter. You kind of got to get used to that. But other than that, it's uh, once you get used to that part, it's pretty smooth.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's something about a lot of scanning going on that bothered me.
1: Yeah, you don't have to do that. Um, I am a scanner because I'm kind of anal that way. I like to try to, you know, complete everything. Um, It does take a lot. There's a lot of reading and stuff like that. And if you don't have the patience for that, it can kind of bog the game down. But that's optional. You don't have to do all that stuff.
0: I'm a big explorer, so I love exploring every single nook and cranny. So I would be scanning everything. and...
1: And that's how I am too, yeah. I end up doing that. It does it does add a lot of time to it, but it also adds a lot of depth to the game and the story.
0: Oh my so, god, Joe was here and now he's I know, gone. I
1: know. He popped in and popped back out. <laughs> Maybe I'm scaring him off.
0: <laughs> yeah, the third person is just driving him crazy, so he's gone. Uh, I don't know. I he's he needs to be here because he needs to learn your secrets for gaming with kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's not it's not easy.
0: I think he sneaks in like 15 minutes here or there, or so he says, but uh, I don't know. He also sends the kids to daycare quite a bit, so he has days free to himself. Uh,
1: see, we homeschool our children, so they're always always here in the house, um, so there's no sending the kids off anywhere. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. Joe has to yeah. hear that. Come on, Joe. Get <laughs> back here. <laughs> yeah, we have one little one that's always home. She isn't in school yet. She will be in September, and... Man, that will be the day. That will how, be so nice. Uh, just turned four. Oh, okay. Wow. So in September she goes to kindergarten, and uh, my older daughter will be, you know, taking her and looking after her, and oh, it's gonna be freedom. <laughs> freedom.
1: Yeah, we never have uh, have had that moment of freedom because we decided to homeschool. So.
0: Yeah. Does your wife work?
1: Well, she's their homeschool teacher, so that's right. <laughs> uh, she actually does. Uh, she tutors on the side uh, in you know a couple nights a week, so she does um, have a part-time job more or less. But it's it's pretty uh, flexible with her schedule. It's just a couple hours um, a week for the most part. But so she she's,
0: she's very supportive with you too with the whole endeavor, which I know Joe's oh, yeah. always oh, yeah. fascinated yeah. with wives that fully support. Their gaming culture. Yes,
1: could not could not do it without her support. She is um, she's a great wife, and we've been together for a long, long time. We've been together for twenty four years. Wow. So um, yeah, we've been married for sixteen, but we started dating in high school. So um, we kind of grew up together. So we're kind of like best friends. I know it sounds cheesy, but uh, <clears throat> we're very supportive of each other's hobbies. And she's she's a casual gamer, but she's all wrapped up into the geek culture just as much as I am. She likes you know Doctor Who and Star Wars and. We kind of like the same TV shows and stuff, so she's always been very supportive of of my of my hobby. So, yes, yeah, so that is a very important uh, factor for sure.
0: That's pretty good because if you've heard early episodes of the podcast, Joe's always finding ways to hide his hobbies from his wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm funny that way. I, I won't. I can't enjoy my hobby if I don't have the support of my wife. Same thing. I have a only other hobby I really have is hunting. And uh, she fully supports that as well. So I'm very, very lucky to have a supportive wife.
0: (laughs) So you've been broadcasting on YouTube now for, what, about a year?
1: Uh, Just under a year, I think, yeah. I think last summer was when we started. So, yeah, I'm not even a year yet.
0: What was the driving force to get out there on YouTube?
1: Well, I think like uh, most of us retro gaming people, um, the first exposure I had was the AVGN. Angry Mm -hmm. video game nerd, and um, I just stumbled upon. I think it, you know, I think like a lot of people my age, there came a certain point where that kind of nostalgia was kind of tugging at you, and you just were just perusing the internet, looking at old toys and stuff. And then, lo and behold, of course, it always includes the NES and Nintendo. And next thing you know, there's all these videos up of this guy, angry video game nerd, and um, yeah, I started looking at them. My wife and I watched every episode and just fell in love with. Um, not so much uh, his shtick, sh- which is funny and great, but just the the nostalgia of the old NES games, which um, was a huge part. Uh, that particular system was, uh, you know, I, I w- I'm, I'm 40, so I was uh, a kid uh, playing NES when I was like 10 years old, so it's kind of like I was it was prime time for me, more or less. So uh, that really drew me in, and then I discovered this whole gigantic community of, YouTubers and retro gamers that I never even knew was there and just, you know, got a Twitter account and started talking to people and next thing you know, I just kind of started doing it myself, so.
0: And you put the family on right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I the kids were kept asking me, they, they kept saying this, I had really no interest in doing it. And some of the kids' friends had YouTube channel with YouTube channels with, like, Minecraft stuff on there, and they wanted to do it. My wife and I were like, no, you're not getting on YouTube. You're too young. We're not going to let you do that. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I approached my wife, and I said, would you care if, you know, we all kind of did it together? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. So I just came up with the idea, presented it to the kids, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So we came up with a name and just kind of came up with a couple of different ideas and just kind of jumped in front of the camera and just kind of started that way.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, for one, we are afraid to be on camera on YouTube, and (laughs) I've never let my kids go on there either, Uh, but you're paving the way with getting your whole family out there. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Hey, there's Joe. Is it?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a picture of Joe, a still photo.
0: (laughs) Holy mackerel. He was there.
1: Man, he's really having some problems.
0: Well, he is on... uh... A MacBook. Oh, Uh, that that could be the problem. (laughs) What is going on? I don't get it. He's in a bigger urban area than I am. He should be totally rock solid. Mm. Oh man.
1: So I'm I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Where where are you guys at? You guys in Canada? Say out. Let me hear you say out. Say what? The word out. (laughs) Out. Okay, you're you're Canadian, right?
0: Come on. There's nothing to that.
1: Come on. I'm sorry, is that a stereotype I shouldn't touch? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't <laughs> understand these stereotypes Americans believe we have. And we don't say, what is it, a Oot. boot? A Oot. boot? Oot. Really? Who says that? I want to say
1: a I'm sure I sound a little funny, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you sound great, man. <laughs> um, I just finished the uh, latest retro Fandango today. Oh, did the you? Kind of put out what a bonus episode or something. Did
1: they put that, one like, out today?
0: No, uh, last week. But yeah. normally it's every two weeks, isn't it? And I think there this was only one week apart.
1: Yeah, they call that a DeVito episode, I guess. Oh right. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah I totally missed that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah. So, and it was another three and a half hours. So all my yeah. spare time was. Oh, I should be listening to this. I got to hit play. So I finally got through it. Uh, There was a lot of shouting I was doing uh, at my phone throughout that episode. Uh, How about yourself? Did you agree with everything that was being said there?
1: What particular... um... Oh, 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 uh, Kevin's rant about... uh... (laughs) What was he talking about this time? Uh, I I listened to it. I'm just trying to remember.
0: Oh, hold oh, on wait. a second. Here's here's Joe. are you, Are you there, Joe?
2: <laughs> what have I missed?
1: <laughs>
2: we're about Holy wrapping up. Yeah, I'm having some <laughs> major Google issues here. <laughs> what what is the issue? I it keeps kicking me out. I don't know. I think after this, we're going to have to go with the route of Skype. I'm about to uh, write off Google like we wrote off Facebook. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's I've pretty rough. I've been catching uh, bits and pieces of this conversation. And it sounds <laughs> pretty good. I'll have to listen to our own podcast to see what I missed.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll listen how to have uh, multiple kids okay. and still fit in gaming and conventions. Oh, and I think I need a lesson in that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Especially you the gaming part. Do you think your connection is good now? Are you feeling confident,
2: no, dude? Let's just go with it.
0: If you see me disappear, you know what happens. <laughs> I love the still frames it gives us. It's very entertaining.
1: Uh, we were just talking
0: about the retro Fandango episode. Oh, the latest one? Yeah. Did you listen to it? I believe so. Uh, I any what thoughts? What talking about on it? Well, I was going to talk about... She's um, Kevin and... Uh, uh, P1 oh, went yeah, on yeah, about yeah. uh, Amigos, <laughs> not Amigos. Amigos, <laughs> is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't. I, I don't those understand those things, things. things. I hate those things. I was totally on board with Kevin throughout all of that.
2: I don't know. Some people really find those to be really good collectibles. I, I don't get it.
1: I have a few, but I, I don't collect them or anything.
2: <clears throat> we yeah, got what,
1: the. Uh, what do they snap? cost,
2: by the way? Anyway.
1: Uh, $13 a piece, I believe. That's not too bad. No, they're not that expensive. But
2: there's a, there's quite a number to collect, right?
1: Oh, yeah, there's, like, waves of them. There's, like, Series 1, Series 2. Yeah, there's way more than I would ever buy. Hmm. I just bought um, Link and Samus. That's it. Yeah, I could
0: see grabbing whatever, you know, you're connected to, character-wise.
1: Yeah. I have uh, no interest in buying all those other obscure characters.
0: Yeah, to at get... All sucked into this uh, ploy, it seems, that Nintendo and the retailers are putting out. Uh, yeah, that whole discussion, I was just saying beanie babies, beanie babies, beanie babies in my head, and then uh, sure enough, near the end, Kevin said beanie babies. So. <laughs> that was we are of one mind on that. Uh, they, yeah. were a, they were a hot item, and then uh, the market just fell out of that one. Yeah, I had a buddy in high school who who sunk money into Beanie Babies thinking it was uh, an investment and that he'd be flipping and making <laughs> tons of money. And man, that, that collapsed fast. Yeah. Just like the baseball cards.
1: Most yeah, of, the thing, the of those things do. If they, if they peak up and spike that high, they're going to collapse just as fast.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you've got all these secondary and... Third markets that are flipping them and tossing them back and forth. Well, it's
2: like uh, it's like most collectible items, though. It's only really as hot as what the market demands, right? And you know, in my case, I'll I'll, I'll switch it over to to transformers. Um, Hasbro has been doing reissues upon reissues of original items, right? So it certainly devalues, in my case, what uh, an original item that came out like in nineteen eighty four might be worth, right?
1: Yeah. So what kind of Transformers collection do you have?
0: Oh, boy. We call them trannies on this show. <laughs> trannies. Uh,
1: I got uh, back
2: into it uh, back in 2011. Um, you know, Between, I guess, uh, 84 and 85, I had taken a break and sort of grown up. And unfortunately, I should have stayed on collecting them. But uh, my collection now is... Mainly focused upon G one and G two,
1: right? Cool.
2: I do have reissues, um, but only of figures that I don't have that are the originals.
1: <clears throat> I've got uh, just a few stragglers from when I was a kid, uh, but that's I don't, I don't have. Uh, there's those aren't the kind of toys you find in the flea markets at all, and uh, I'm not I'm not buying them off eBay or anything, so. I'd love to get some more of the ones that I had when I was a kid, though. I was a big fan of them back in the day, but um, I don't have. I have a couple of the uh, Constructicons, the green, the lime green ones. Right. And uh, that's basically it. So <laughs> but I had a ton of them when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, well, the with the run of the movie franchises, um, it certainly brought the collecting hobby back into focus, and unfortunately, at the same time, also raised prices on certain figures too, right? Yeah. But uh, even with the gaming aspect of uh, of it all, um, you know, I've tried to, I've taken a hiatus in terms of the older games, but now that I'm getting back into, you know, trying to resurrect my cartridge-based gaming systems, um, I'm finding um, um once again, I'm late to the late to the party because <clears> of all the you know especially with the super Nintendo prices it's just oh, it's yeah. gone ridiculous, right yeah and with the way that I collect, um, unfortunately I, I can only seem to buy stuff. It doesn't have to be like a uh, mitten sealed box, but I like to buy my stuff complete, you know, instructions, styrofoam, box and all that nonsense. so right. for me to to me for me to even try and complete anything is just you know, Two three times the value of a regular collector who just wants to buy The actual cartridge itself and just enjoy the game right
1: right And that's the kind of collector uh, that I am I I don't I'm not a I'm not really a collector per se I'm more of just a gamer um, Because I I don't have any I have one Complete in box game, and that was given to me And that's well NES I got a couple Genesis Complete in box, but I, I don't care about that at all I just want to play the games that I played when I was a kid so I guess I'm a collector in the sense that I'm collecting games, but I'm not, like, I don't collect anything, like, complete sets of anything. I just want to play the games that I had when I was a kid, and that's the only aspect of collecting that I'm interested in.
2: Right. And and when I say collector, I don't mean that I'm going to, I'm I'm buying stuff in in or with the hopes of, you know, reselling it in the future for a profit. I just, ever since I've been a kid, I just enjoy my stuff. Sure. uh, as clean complete. and as yeah. complete and as nice as possible. And it's just, I don't know, just some OCD condition that I have, but it's carried sure. over into everything, right?
1: Yeah, don't sure. get me wrong. If, if all the games I was finding out there were in, in their box with the manual, I wouldn't have a problem with it. <laughs> That'd certainly be an added bonus, but obviously you, you pay a lot more for those, and uh, I'm not willing to do that. So, <laughs> Or I can't do that, I should say.
0: And what are prices like uh, where you're at, Duke?
1: Uh, they're not bad. I'm very fortunate. I have um, a couple of retro gaming stores um, within driving distance of me that I can go to. Um, and you can get NES games for 2 $3. Um, of course, the common ones. And, uh, you know, the standard kind of staple games like a Castlevania, you're going to pay $20 for. Um, and, again, my, my mind always goes to the NES because that's mainly what I collect. The Super Nintendo games have uh, jumped up um, over the last couple of years um, uh, but um, yeah I mean they're, they're pretty competitive over here now I have a couple of flea markets I can go to as well. So there's a good amount of competition. I live in the, the Baltimore area um, of Maryland, so it's a pretty you know pretty busy busy area, lots of industry, lots of um, merchandise shops, stuff like that. so a lot of competition I guess. So I would say they're fairly uh, fairly good prices around here.
0: Like for the GameCube, that beautiful Joe, what do you have any idea what that was going for in the used market?
1: Five bucks. Really?
0: That's that was 30 bucks it. here. 30 bucks.
1: Wow, I paid five bucks for it.
0: Where'd you see it, Bill? At my little retro store down the street. They had two or three beautiful titles. I took a picture. I tweeted to uh, Rambox because he was looking to fill out his collection. Yeah. And he made a comment of the prices. And, yeah, wow, five bucks.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I it. The...
1: Sorry, I'm about... sorry, go ahead. I was no. going to say I bought it right before the club when, it, when they were – because I never played Beautiful Joe. Um, or I did play it back in the day, but I never owned it. Uh, I just played it at a friend's house. But um, I had uh, bought it just for the club, so I just bought it uh, you know a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, I'd never played it before either, and uh, what? Well, with that price, I still haven't played it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't think I would have spent thirty dollars on it either. I would have skipped that one for, for the club that month. Have you been in there for every club game? Oh no, no, I've. Uh, I'm trying to remember when I just, when I stumbled upon the Carters Club. I I think it might have been their Link to the Past uh, episode, um, and I that was the first episode I think I listened to of theirs Um, and then I started interacting with them and um, they're the coolest guys in the world i tell you the Cartridge brothers are just so so cool and all the people associated with them just uh, really uh, uh, kind of one of the main reasons I stayed with uh, YouTubing and and I interact with the community as much as I do because of how uh, welcoming they are and how open they were to Inviting someone new like I you know, I just kind of discovered the cartridge club and next thing you know They're inviting me on their podcast and I was just blown away by that. So uh, mm-hmm. But no, I, I played uh, I was on their podcast for rocket Knight adventures um, For the Sega Genesis, which was a great game. I had a great time playing that um, So I played that I played um uh, Star tropics that was a really good one, too. That one's fantastic uh, I, I tried to play um, I am not a uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, our RPG. I'm not an RPG guy at all, and um, I tried to play that uh, Super Nintendo one. What's they call it again? Um, it was just two two games ago, or actually, it was the last game before Prime. Uh, uh, I the name escapes me right now. Yeah. The real expensive one.
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't anyway, getting. I, I
1: I couldn't. I couldn't. I tried it. I tried to play it, and I was on the forums, you know, giving my point of view, and I just, I kept trying to like it. And I just couldn't like it. So it's just not my kind of game. So I tried <laughs> to play that one, uh, and of course, I'm I play Beautiful Joe. That was great, and now I'm playing Prime. So.
0: Well, I'm in an interesting situation. I just finished uh, Ocarina of Time on the 3DS.
1: Oh, that's a great game.
0: And I happen to have. Uh, Star Fox for the 3DS as well, which I haven't picked up in three years as well. It's just been sitting on a shelf, so I've put that in, and I've just been you know, playing it randomly, and it yeah. turns out that's going to be their next month's game.
1: Yes, but I think it's going to be the the 64 version, which I guess is the one that's on the 3DS, right?
0: Yep, that's Star the Fox one. Star Fox
1: 64, man. yeah. yeah,
0: That's yeah, a rem- remaster or whatever right. of the N64 one, which I never played so this is a new experience for me. But I'm not I'm not extremely happy with that game, though. Oh, really? Uh, like, I find the targeting is... I don't know. The, the targeting is iffy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I need to uh, play it more, read the instructions better. I'm missing something. Somewhere I'm missing something, which happens with me.
1: I haven't played that since it came out back when I originally owned it, so... When I play it for next month, it'll be the first time I've played it since I had it originally. So it, it might come a, come across the same way to me. I'm not sure.
0: And you're going to play it on the 64?
1: Yeah, I just picked one up actually. That's that was uh, I just picked up the N64 uh, what two weekends ago I think. Mm, right. So I'm excited to have that back.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, what other systems are you missing, or do you have them all?
1: The only other one that I that I want is the Atari 2600. Um, I, uh, once I get that, uh, that's it for me for, for consoles, and I'll just concentrate on my gaming. Um, but I've got all the other consoles that I want, which is basically GameCube, N64, NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Master System, and that's it. Yeah. So once I get my Atari 2600, I got some 2600 flashbacks, so uh, those are pretty cool to play. They got, oh, like, yeah. they got like 90 games on. I have got two or three of them. Um, so yeah, I, I can interrupt. Watch. Look at this. Oh oh I got yeah, you got the five. I got the flashback four. Uh, it looks just like that. Uh, it's really cool. but um, that one probably has a few additional games on it.
2: Now how do you find the four in terms of uh, again I'm assuming the controllers are still uh, uh, on site like wireless? yes. Do you find it's, there's any kind of lag in terms of uh, gameplay or anything? No,
1: there's no lag, but it is a line of sight kind of thing. you got to kind of be pointing it at the, not pointing it, but you got to be in front of the console. Um, but you can also plug in regular controllers. they got the controller ports in the front. Oh, okay. So if you got regular Atari controllers, they'll, they'll work as well.
2: Wow. Because yeah, Bill had pointed out that uh, Flashback 5 to me the other day, and then we did a little write-up review on it on, on our blog site. Uh, and he said he was going to pick it up today,
0: and this is the first time I've seen it him holding it, but...
2: Oh, oh, I check this out.
0: What? I was also at a value village today and uh, also came upon this little Dewey. Oh, nice. I nice. remember that. <laughs> Don't know if it works, but uh, I got them to actually bring the price down for me because the, uh, the holes look kind of corroded. Hmm. So they wanted... Um, what they want for this? I think they wanted seven bucks for it. And I talked them down. I had them bring the pricer out. I said I got to take a big gamble on this thing. One, it's, it's for, uh, go ahead, Bill. It's like how many years old, and the the pins, you know, holes don't look good. So you know, I brought it down to five dollars. So that go. was enough for me to take a gamble. I see, and you enough know. to push me over the edge to buy this uh, the flashback. Well, you you're try. rich.
1: Now, how much did you pay for the flashback?
0: The flashback retailed for fifty dollars, and I had a twenty percent off coupon.
1: Wow! I got mine for uh, I think twelve dollars. <laughs> Come on! Yeah, uh, I found it at a um, Goodwill. Oh wow! Now it wasn't complete in box, but it had it was in pristine condition. It had all the hookups and the controllers and everything, so I was very happy with that.
2: Well, yeah. Since since we're uh, showing off, who's got the bigger controller, Bill? How about this one?
1: Oh, there you go—the <laughs> advantage. The
2: eighty-dollar Ness advantage. Yep. I yeah, but you you're
0: so OCD, you won't touch it without gloves on. So. <laughs> uh,
2: no, it's not meant to be played. Just look at it. Up.
1: Now, are you guys, big uh, Atari fans, or?
2: Uh, I am. I don't own it myself. Uh, I purchased it on eBay one time, and it arrived. Uh, uh, cracked in the corner, so I returned it and just nah. never bothered since, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the route that Bill did and get the flashback, just so I can save the money on buying all the individual games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember it as a kid, never actually owned it. Cousins had it, friends had it, uh, so spent time on it that way. Um, and I like this idea of getting this thing and having all the games there, and unfortunately it doesn't have a, a slot for a cart.
1: Well, yeah, and that's the drawback, is it only has the games on it that are on it, which is why I want to get the actual console, because there there are games that uh, are on play that that it doesn't have them on there.
0: Doesn't the Sega (laughs) flashback version of this, doesn't it have a slot for carts?
1: I don't think so.
0: Maybe that's the Retron I'm thinking of,
1: then. The Retron does, yeah, but I don't think any of the flashbacks do. They're basically plug-and-plays. Hmm. Yeah. Well...
0: I'm going to give this a try. I think, uh, is it worthy of an unboxing video, Joe? Yeah, you better video that, man. Let's, we got to get our YouTube account up. That's right. I'm thinking uh, we take this, we'll, we could do it together this weekend.
2: We could. <clears throat> I still have to do the unboxing of my iRig, too, so maybe we can do that as
0: well. Why haven't you done that yet?
2: i got two kids, man. i got no time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should have that done because that iRig two is, is a brand new item and you could actually get people watching this video. I know. well you... help me shoot it this weekend. Oh, well we do have to work too at the same time. That's a lot of videos to shoot. Priorities, man. Priorities. <sighs> oh man. Yeah, so that's my uh two pickups. Uh what would a what would a controller like this go for in uh, the Baltimore area?
1: I would say around the same thing, five bucks. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's good. I don't feel (laughs) bad about that.
0: What are the odds of this thing even working, though? (laughs) I mean, I love the feel of the clicking buttons. It just, oh, I love that. Remember when buttons clicked?
1: Yeah.
0: Even the joystick moving back and forth clicks. Uh, You're old, Bill. It has an auto-fire function on it, too. That would be good. Space invaders. Um. So yeah. Well, Duke, we invited you on because you and it had some great topics for the show. I, you know, we should probably get to those. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Do you remember what they were?
1: <laughs> I do. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I would. I, I tweeted you that I thought it'd be a good topic to talk about um, practical effects in movies and practical sets in movies versus CGI. Uh, mainly, I mainly because it's pretty topical with the new Star Wars I think movie coming out I heard you guys talking about that I think on your last podcast and I know that Abrams is a big fan of practical effects um, so I think he's going to be using a lot of that in the new Star Wars movie and uh, <clears throat> I recently picked up The Dark Crystal uh, from a consignment shop for like three bucks that I think was we were talking be about one of that mentions. yeah did you watch that yet?
2: Oh, I have not. I can't, uh, no, I've sure. seen it a handful of times, man. I'm a huge Jim Henson fan.
1: Oh, okay. I, I just watched that the other night with my children. and um,
2: It's again, still scary it, and holds up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's got some pretty creepy imagery in there for sure. Um, but, you know, it just in seeing that movie, which is obviously all practical effects, all puppetry and real sets, um, there's such a charm to that. And, uh, uh, I just thought it'd be a good discussion to talk about um you know how movies deal with that today and I, I see it seems to be a bit of a resurgence of that in a lot of films a lot of uh films are kind of touted as being made with more practical effects than maybe films in recent history so I just think it's an interesting uh kind of the near future of it how it's going to kind of pan out but um I think um if I can use some examples of some recent movies that did a good job, I think blending CGI and practical effects, because you get, you know, it, uh, you have to use CGI almost because um, it, it's a good tool. It's not. I don't think it's something that needs to be done away with. Mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of filmmakers will overuse it or not use it properly. Uh, but I, I think of Iron Man, the first one, a lot because that was kind of a uh, melding of practical and CGI effects that I think was done right. And I remember um, watching that in the theater and just I don't think CGI will ever get to the point where um, you can it, it's it's tangible as a practical effect or a, a set or a suit. And uh, even though it's gotten so good and so it, and gotten so realistic, I just still think it can it can never replace an actor. Or a set that's physically reacting with uh, you know a physical set piece or a, you know someone in a costume or whatever. And uh, I remember when I when they showed Iron Man for the first time in his is, is um, what is the Mark whatever Mark Five, and it was actually a guy in a suit and just look you could tell it looked so real and especially when you compare it to the second movie and even the third where they did away with a lot of the practical stuff and went with more CGI effects. And it just took a turn for the worse. I mean, it, you could really see a, um, that it was not as good looking. Mm-hmm. And um, another good example of that is Lord of the Rings series, the original trilogy. Again, a good blending of CGI and practical effects where a lot of the orcs were makeup effects, people in costumes, a lot of real set pieces. And then you fast forward to The Hobbit, and man, what a... What a term for it! Was, it just looked horrible. I thought the Hobbit okay, series yeah. was absolutely awful, uh, visually. And here you, you know, you got a bigger budget, you got you know more time on your side. You, you figured you'd be advancing, but another example of too much CGI. All the all the orcs were CGI, and all the action effects were just looked silly, looked ridiculous. I guess. And you go I back guess. and watch uh, Lord of the Rings, and it looks great.
2: On top, while well, sticking on top of the uh, superhero thing, I guess I can set this up for Bill because he's more of a fan than I am, but the first uh, Spider-Man movie and how sort of that set the benchmark in terms of uh, what they can start doing now with, you know, blending of the CGI and real effects and uh, yeah, Bill's Bill's more of a huge uh, Raimi fan than I am, so do <clears throat> you want to give us your opinion on how the transition went from uh, one to the latest ones that have come out, Bill? Uh,
0: yeah, I, I don't know if I want to go the Spider-Man route because I kind of think the effects got better as the movies went along. Uh, they developed like a swinging crane. It was a practical effect, but uh, even that last movie is horrible. Yeah, but the as it was, was horrible as horrible as that was, his swinging around, I thought the the physics oh, yeah. looked so good. They did. And, uh, his uh, his costume flapping in the wind. Yeah. I thought they really, you know, went the extra mile with the uh, uh, details. And uh, it might have been all CGI and very little practical, but I, I thought, I don't know, I, I in that series I think it got better. Sorry to contradict you, Joe, but <laughs> I <laughs> I thought Joe was going to go crazy when you brought up The Hobbit because uh, Joe was... I'm a uh, fan of the first three movies, but the You were so mad about the oh, barrel jumping scene. Oh, it.
1: <laughs> Hobbit was such a disappointment Not, I mean right off the bat they should not have made it into three movies that was just a bad move right there uh, and aside from the that aspect of it just visually speaking it really took um, it really took a turn for the worse it was really just um, uh, horrible I hated it just the visual it wasn't <laughs> appealing it wasn't as tangible or what you know they didn't use much of any practical effects I don't think
0: well, we never so saw it in the with CGI. theater. Did you see it in the theater?
1: I saw it, yes.
0: And did you see it in that full uh what was it? 80 frames a second or something? No, no. 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 So, yeah, we never saw it in the theater, so I imagine the experience was even greater for you to where the CGI was like so in your face and
1: Yeah.
0: It was I terrible. think I think for
2: myself in terms of uh, the topic of you know practical effects and sets of movies versus CGI I'm more of a old-school guy myself so um, i when you had sent me that topic on uh, Twitter there I'd thought of instantly three movies that you know well four if you include the Dark Crystal but <laughs> if I if you were to take the CGI completely out of everything I immediately thought of uh 2001: A Space Odyssey, in terms of uh, practical effects on the set, where oh, you yeah. wow, see that famous sequence at the start where Gary Lockwood is jogging around the entire sun, uh, circumference yeah. of the space station. You see that now, and it's still, I bet you, anyone who's never seen the movie in the first time in the first place would watch it and go, "How the hell are they doing that?" Yeah. Right. Um, and then I thought of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982.
1: Oh, I had that on my list as well. Great example. That's one of my favorite... That that is my all-time favorite horror movie, if you don't include Alien. It still
2: holds up. How can you go wrong with that
1: one? I watch it every year.
2: And uh, another one for special effects, and I think it won um, an Academy Award, is uh, 1978,
1: Superman. Oh, Richard Donner, absolutely.
0: Right? Take that, Bill. (laughs) I'm shocked Joe did
1: homework here.
0: (laughs) I wasn't
2: homework. Those are three, aside from Superman... uh, the thing in 2001 I
0: usually watch once a year each.:
1: Great examples, absolutely.
0: Uh, 2001, the, the visuals, you know that scene jogging, shot on a giant moving gimbal is yeah. is, is just cinematic its it goes back to Citizen Kane where they had to rethink how to shoot things yeah and uh, I think uh, Joe, if you ever get around to watching Interstellar, you'll see a lot of nods to 2001 in that, but I'll still
2: be disappointed, according to you.
0: Did you get to see uh, Interstellar yet, too?
1: No, I did not. I've been wanting to, but I haven't seen it yet.
2: I'm afraid to see it now, because even after I saw... I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy uh, like two weeks ago for the first time, and I was extremely disappointed.
1: That's what you said. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. It's on the top of my list to see next. We just watched The Winter Soldier finally, and I really liked that a lot. Yeah,
0: that was really good. Yeah. Really good. Right, well, Your kids are going to love Guardians as well. It's my kid's favorite movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, and yet I like it too. It's very strange, and I don't know what's the matter with Joe on that one. <laughs> I thought it, it was all the
2: hype that came out with the movie, and I, I waited too long, and maybe I had this perception of what it should have been or how it should have been in my head, and it just maybe the next uh, <clears throat> this new Avengers movie I'm going to have to see right away, otherwise I might be
0: disappointed too. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be disappointed in that.
1: Really, Another good other good movie to add to that list might be the uh, Neverending Story. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that one.
0: That's a good one too. Yeah,
1: that's one of my favorites. Uh all practical effects, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I always hated that movie.
1: <laughs> oh really? Oh, I love that movie.
0: <laughs> I don't I think it was <clears throat> I saw it at the wrong time, you know, I was uh Maybe 19 or 20 when I finally saw it. And my nieces were watching it over and over and over again. And it was being dr- drilled into my head, just every day. It, I was hearing about this movie and seeing it on their television. It was driving me crazy. That animal thing, ugh. yeah. Can't tell you anything else about the movie. Just that uh, I didn't like it.
1: What thing? Talking about the uh, the flying dragon.
0: That flying furry thing, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I was out. But uh, practical effects—you can go back to, um, you know, Star Wars and Jabba the Hut. I saw this great mini documentary on the puppeteers that it took to run Jabba the Hut. Yeah. Now he looked great on screen, but if you see the remasters him digitally, uh-huh. who's who's liking that more? So that's <laughs> yeah. kind of an argument right there.
1: Well, I'll never forget, too, um, obviously – well, not obviously, but a huge Star Wars fan, I am. Um, and you watch the Empire Strikes Back, and Yoda still holds up. Just great puppetry. Uh, the set, you know, if you know the set that they were all underneath the, uh, the, the uh, swamp there controlling Yoda from below – uh, but it holds up wonderfully and you go watch um the phantom menace or i think it's more the attack of the clones honestly where they should have the digital version of yoda it looks ridiculous mm mm-hmm. mhm looks horrible 100% um,
2: yeah for a, for a character who i guess when we first saw him originally he was what did you say he was he was 900 something years old yes um you know, so then when we saw him in the later movies, whatever he may be, eight hundred or something, but to be jumping around like that—it's just,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: stupid. It's just uh, Lucas gone crazy. That's all I can say.
1: Gosh, we could have a whole podcast just talking about everyone's *Phantom Menace* experience. <laughs> I mean, because I—I mean, I was so excited to see that when it when it was coming out, and I was—I think like everybody else in the theater, my jaw was on the floor. Like, what am I watching? It was just such a letdown. And, you know, it's, even, again, the effects, you're thinking, this is Star Wars. This is going to be the, the best special effects you've ever seen. And even at the time, they weren't as good as other movies that were out. The digital effects were really bad. Uh, you know, looking at Jar Jar Binks and just the motion capture was terrible. It was just really bad special effects.
2: Now, do you think in terms of Jar Jar and, and whatever... Um was that more of like a marketing ploy? You think, in terms of trying to get or hook the kids, in a sense?
1: Um, mm, it it certainly could have been, but I really think it was more um, Lucas just being so out of touch. If you notice, um, I just recently also went back and watched the original trilogy with my kids, and of course you have to watch the the versions with all the extra footage, and all the extra footage it was all trying to be, like, cutesy and and funny, and it just was, like, it was so out of place. Like, every every new scene, almost, that they had, like, for example, the scene when they're at um, the cantina, and they just throw in, like, robots, like, hitting each other over the head and stuff. It's like, what? what in a jaw while falling off that thing in the background, and it's like he's, he was trying to make it into, like, a kids movie or something, and it was just so... So I think his, his mentality was just... I don't know. I think he... You know, if you know, he included his daughter in what was it? Uh, one of the movies. So maybe he was just all wrapped up. Maybe she was giving him advice. I don't know, but he just uh, he just lost his touch totally. Just everything he did after the original trilogy was just crap.
0: Yeah, my feeling was each of those later three movies it was geared towards who the main character was. The audience was geared towards the same age as Anakin in Phantom Menace, that age. And then in the next movie when Anakin was a little bit older, it seemed like they were gearing to that audience. And then the last movie when he was I don't know how old he was in the last movie. That's when they tried to get a little bit more mature and a little bit more darker.
2: Yeah. Uh, well. And then by then they had lost all the, the true hardcore fans, right?
1: It's so it's it's funny. It's so hard to uh deal with that because i in my mind those movies don't count I, I cannot count them as star wars movies in my mind because i cherish the first trilogy so much it was so much a part of my childhood and yeah. i just i can't include those when i when i talk about star wars i do not consider those part of star wars I'm, i just can't do it it is such a, uh, a a tainting of of my experience and of those movies from when i was a kid i just um it's just terrible, terrible stuff. I tried to watch Attack on the Clones, and I was—it was embarrassing. It, that, that acting from him was cringeworthy. worthy. <laughs> all rolling yeah. around and laughing, like with that scene where um, Anakin and Padme are like rolling around in the in the grass and laughing. And I'm like, what? I had to turn my head. I couldn't even watch it. <laughs> you know, it was embarrassing. But my kids, I'm—you know. I just uh, I keep telling them this is not I don't count this, this is not really a Star Wars I movie. Mean, we'll, we'll watch it you know so you guys know what it is, but I always watched the original trilogy with them.
0: You know, I uh, did the same thing you did where I have an 11 year old, and I wanted to give her these like childhood tentpole experiences that I had with these movies. so I, when I thought she was old enough, I we we sat her down, this is E.T. you're going to have memories of this, and then we did the same thing with Star Wars trilogy. Mm -hmm. and uh, did you try this with your kids after the first Star Wars movie? You said, uh, well, now you're going to have to wait X amount of years for the next (laughs) one, because we had (laughs) Five years in between, yeah. That's right. We plowed through the first three, and then I said, well, now you have to wait, what is it, 17 years for the next (laughs) one? She wasn't happy, but my point is we continued on to the the next three, and she was just as happy with those movies from a kid's standpoint. So, uh, us as adults are disappointed, but the kids, it was just as good.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to read my kids sometimes because they always want to think like I do, and they know how I feel. So, they'll watch the original Star Wars and say, yeah, th- this is wh- this was so good, that, that's actually a, a model, and they'll, they'll start saying things that they've heard me say. So, I, I don't know if they're really just trying to be like Daddy or they have a, you know, Real opinion about that because at that age you don't you don't see some of the stuff that an adult does,
0: uh, right? No, I was giving her carte blanche. I wasn't saying anything. I was we were just moving along through the series. <clears throat> she couldn't wait for the next one uh, every time, and you could tell she was excited when that first thunderous note comes over the screen and the, yeah. the scroll starts. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're giving me chills.
0: Yeah, well, it's great. It's great. So I. I try to give the, the, my kids these kind of childhood memories that I had when I first saw these movies. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. fun.
1: It is, it is.
2: Now, do you think that, um, I was just thinking in terms of, you know, how everything tends to be cyclical and what's old is new and new is old again. Do you think that there there may be, and we touched on it before, maybe a, a turning towards, uh, I guess, the more old school sense of maybe going back to... Go- back to practical stuff because I'm trying to think of like the latest, the last practical movie that I saw in terms of CGI, special effects, and uh, character base. And I, I can only seem to think of Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know if you guys have seen that.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good so example. That was,
2: that was like more of a throwback, right? Like a Jim Henson throwback. By I think a, so, Tony yeah. O'Toro. And uh, that was certainly a scary movie, and, and well done.
1: Yes, it was. I liked that movie a lot.
0: Yeah, I won't be showing my kids that movie.
1: That was scary. I had a few uh, others that I think uh, modern movies that are good examples of... Again, you're always going to have a blending now because they're always going to use that tool of CGI. um, Even if it's not overbearing or the prominent special effect, it's always going to be there on some level. Um, And Prometheus, if you guys have seen that. Uh, Ridley Scott is a big fan of practical sets and practical effects. um, And... Obviously, there was a lot of CGI in that movie, but you could tell that he also wanted to use a lot of practical effects. So um, I think that's another good example of a blending of it that was done very well, like I mentioned about Iron Man. And um, also, again, I think um, I'm excited for the Star Wars series because I think Abrams did such a good job with the Star Trek series. I'm not a big Star Trek fan. A lot of Star Trek fans have a lot to say about the two new movies, but I I really thought they were phenomenal.
2: He certainly revived the franchise with those two movies.
1: But just speaking specifically about the effects, um, I remember seeing that in the theater with my wife and walking out and being like, were there even effects in it? It was so seamless. Nothing stood out as being CGI. Even though you know they used it, nothing looked it. So he did such a good job. Now, I don't know uh, what was practical and what was real sets and what was not because I think it was so well done. Uh, But that was, to me, an example of a very good use of CGI because it didn't stand out. You didn't really notice it.
2: Now, I haven't seen the second one, but um, do you think storytelling is also a critical part in terms of maybe taking the audience's perception away from what is CGI and what is not?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, if you're drawing, if, if you're doing the movie right, then you're not gonna, you're not really supposed to be noticing the effects um, that much anyway. Uh, the characters are really what drive are supposed to drive the story, um, and I think that the uh, the first Star Trek, especially the first one, uh, was a good example of that.
0: Well, again, back to that original Yoda, you know, t- his you got drawn into his words and the <clears throat> sets and the mist and. You believe he's the most powerful being you could stumble across, and yet he's just a puppet it's
1: I think you know watching the Dark Crystal game, another appeal I think in the in the practical stuff is it's like they're toys, you know they're there they know you can you know you can reach out and grab them and pick them up, and if you were there, you'd be playing with them so as a kid, it's like I remember watching like the making of movies a lot when I was a kid. I loved watching the the making of movies every once in a while on network television, they would air. Like the making of Star Wars, the making of this, the making of that. And I was so intrigued by that because you got to see kind of uh, Yoda with the guy's hand up up his, you know, his back or whatever. You got to see how all this stuff works. And um, even like the motorized stuff and, and the, R2 had a little guy in there. And it was all that stuff I thought was so cool. Um, and, you know, if you were there, you could sit there and touch it. And uh, I think that's another appeal of the practical stuff is it's almost like a, a toy box, you know, that mm-hmm.
2: you're looking at. Speaking of uh, puppetry, while we're on it, um, I don't know if you guys have heard or stumbled across, but there, there's they're in talks of actually uh, uh, redoing the Muppet Show for current television.
1: Hmm.
2: I just saw a headline on that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see if it stands, or you know, if it. Pulls up or retains the attention of you know, maybe the, the new younger generation, right? Or maybe they, if they're going to make it more adult-based. Because I think the original Muppet show, uh, that was on at
0: like 7 or 8 at night, wasn't it? I think
1: yeah, it I think, was a prime time, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, the headline I sa- saw mentioned it would be, I don't know if it said for adults or more for adults, but it definitely alluded it to being more uh, adult which yeah that would definitely be their core audience would be us guys wanting to see what the Muppets are up to nowadays
1: did you guys see that uh, Muppet movie the recent one not not the most recent one but the one uh, that came out with um, Jason Segel yeah I thought that was great yeah
2: it was well done
1: yeah it was funny and entertaining it's Good I'll, stuff. I'll
2: watch anything uh, Henson though so I'm sort of biased
1: yeah <laughs> hmm
0: So, who owns all that now? I
1: don't
2: know. Uh, I forget, because I know on Space, um, they recently did that, uh, whatever it is, like the the challenge type of shows where, you know, special effects challenges. Oh, right. That was actually held at the Jim Henson Workshop, but it's on, I believe, the studio lot or something like that. So, it's... I think the company or the family has since sold it to
0: somebody. Oh, you know what? I remember a Nerdist podcast had one of the Henson heirs on there. It might still be independent. I'm uh, not 100% sure. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'll check it out.
1: Henson did the uh, original Ninja Turtles costumes right. too. I, I learned that from the uh, Fandango podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, me too. I was on board with Kevin for that too. Yes. Hating those movies.
1: Oh no, then no. He hated them?
0: <laughs> yeah, you thought he, his quote is they were garbage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Well, no? he's right. He's right uh, past the first one. I thought the first one was great.
0: You know, I got to go back and rewatch the first one cuz admittedly I can't tell you anything that happened in that movie. I just know I was turned off by the rubber suit. So oh, man. I, I should go back <clears throat> and give that another shot.
1: Yeah, I um, haven't seen it in a couple years. I think I revisited it a, a few years ago. I remember having a good time watching it.
0: It's, uh, it's also because um, in my job in television, I had aired the live-action show. And
1: oh, <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's man. tough to watch. I think, yeah.
0: I think I even had to air it like t- the same episode twice in one shift. And <laughs> Man, yeah. that was something
1: else. I can imagine. <laughs> well, I was a big fan of the comics and the, and the graphic novels uh, before the movie came out, so I was very much anticipating the movie, and I was uh, very pleased with it, seeing it back in the 90s.
0: Yeah, I was I was with the cartoons for sure. I, I think that it was an after-school thing when those cartoons oh, were. Oh yeah,
1: on. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely was there for all of them. But I don't know. Joe, any thoughts on the Ninja Turtles? I haven't heard your take on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I
2: enjoyed the first movie, but I was a kid back then, so I maybe didn't know any better. <laughs> and, uh, I enjoyed playing the first video game of it, and that's pretty much all I have in terms of Ninja Turtles interaction.
0: Well, that arcade game of the Ninja Turtles, where all four of your buddies could play at once. Yeah, I remember I, playing a I lot of corners in I did that. play that one. Yeah, it was Donatello constantly. What, He's got what, the was he,
2: was he the bow staff?
0: Yep. Yeah, that's because he had the long reach, right? That's right. And he's smart like me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. I tell you, just to harken back one last time to the uh, FX. I I just finished uh, the latest Game of Thrones, and their compromise between um, you know painted backgrounds and CGI filled in sets and the practical, I think, is it's so good it's you really have to look closely to see uh, you know where the painted set is and where the real set ends hmm. Joe I, did you I, watch the latest one what, or did
2: you see number two uh, yeah I guess it was Yeah, uh, I've only seen the first one actually I think my PVR may have missed recording it for some reason
0: Hmm.
1: I've not watched any of those Game of Thrones
0: is that
1: what
0: you said? Yeah. No. Yeah, I have You got to get on that. I
1: don't have HBO,
0: so. <laughs> oh well, there's ways around that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been watching the Daredevil too. Oh, I was just about uh, to yeah, say that. It's just, getting a lot of buzz. Uh, just procured myself the first episode,
2: if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. a Netflix uh, only, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. That's one way to watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, there's a lot of good positive buzz about that, so I think I'm going to end up checking that one out.
2: Yeah, I've heard he's uh, actually pretty violent in terms of uh, how he deals with the bad guys compared to,
0: obviously, network television. So, Yeah, it's a really easy watch. It's, it's It just flies by. I think I'm three or four episodes in, so the fanboy in me is just waiting for the suit to come out and when do I get to see his billy stick and that kind of thing, but... I'm enjoying yeah. it. It's really good.
1: I never followed Daredevil in the comics back, back in the day, so I don't know much about his character. So I'm not too drawn to the TV show, but it's getting a lot of good buzz, so I think I might check it out, like I said. Oh.
2: No, it's certainly got to be
0: better than the movie anyway.
1: <laughs> That's not hard to do, though.
0: And to, uh, to harken back to the retro fangdango uh, talk of Daredevil, they were wondering what TV show he appeared in? And I have the answer. It was The Incredible Hulk.
1: The TV show, The Incredible Hulk?
0: Yeah, well, it was more when they were doing those movie of the weeks. Oh. You remember there would be like a, a two-hour special? And uh, Daredevil appeared in that, and Thor appeared in that, too.
1: Oh, man. Crazy. No, I
2: remember
0: Thor, that. but not Daredevil. Uh, you sure. should watch it, because it is entertaining, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man!
0: Yeah, you should see Thor. It's good.
1: So, Joe, uh, being the Transformer fan, um, I'm sure you've already discussed this, but give me your your quick overview of the the modern movies.
2: Garbage. <laughs> no That's <hesitation>, no <laughs> all you need there. to say. Yeah. I'm, and it uh, kept um, getting
1: worse. It kept getting worse. Oh,
2: it's Michael Bay. How can how can it get better?
1: Atrocious.
2: That's my question. Um. Yeah. You know what? Extremely disappointing. The only thing, the only credit I'll give him, and I don't know if it's him or just that the fans have waited long enough for it, but the fact that the movie franchise is actually back and making money uh, certainly uh, went a long way in terms of revitalizing the whole Transformer collecting kingdom, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um. You know. Anything obviously, there had been no Transformer movies since the '84 or '84-'85 uh, movie that came out. So, um, you know, the collection, the, the collecting community in itself, and the uh, the hobbyists uh, had seen rises and falls in terms of, uh, you know, the actual market for the pieces, and, and in terms of and. I think Hasbro had pretty much given up on it until the movie franchise became so successful. Um, I don't, I don't know. know if
1: it was successful from Michael Bay, though. I think it was successful because it was a Transformers movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they were so bad. I it's mean, i give him credit that. just
2: because he's director of it, but, um, you know.
0: Uh, I, I, it's like it's like me with Spider-Man I was so happy to finally see Spider-Man in uh, you know in real action as a human being on the big screen that I would take uh, I would take Spider-Man 3 and I'll watch it again because I'm seeing Spider-Man whip through the streets on his web it's that's exciting it's t- the same horrible. thing too though I've seen all the movies and I hate every single one of them and you were first one in line to the latest movie so what's that tell oh. you
1: I didn't even see
0: the latest one. <laughs> Joe was there. He was there in IMAX. <laughs> Did you pre-sale I, I, that one, Joe? I think you were there for the pre-sale. <laughs> Why are you making stories up, man? <laughs> it's okay. It's your trannies, man. They expect. I was
2: this. there on a movie date night with a buddy. Ooh. And there was okay. uh, the late showing, and it didn't end until like 1 a.m., and I was like, tired and angry and... All that. Thank, wow. Thankfully, I think we only have one more Bay movie to deal with, and then uh, the franchise is either going to end or switch over to another person.
1: He's doing another one?
2: I think he's doing the next one that's coming out, right? Like producer or full on? I have no idea.
0: He was. I didn't know
1: there was another movie coming out. With Mark Wahlberg again?
2: I don't know. I, I think they're working on it. I don't know who's going to be in it, but the like the last one is still garbage, but it was it was successful, right? So I think as long as they're making money, they're going to.
1: How did that one compare to the other? That was the fourth one, right?
2: Yeah, it was. I don't know the the introduction of some key characters, uh, you know, like Galvatron, but. Uh,
1: Grimlock was in there,
2: right? Grimlock, yeah. The Dinobots were in there, so that (coughs) was really huge. Uh, Bill hates them, by the way.
0: Joe is a massive Grimlock fan.
2: No, just a (laughs) Dinobot, Dinobot fan in general. Dinobots. Why do you
0: hate them? They don't make sense.
1: Yeah, I Uh, never liked them as a kid. I remember thinking, "Why? I don't get it." Like cars, I can understand, but I never got as a kid even. Because finally,
2: when they were created, the Autobots (laughs) were trapped. Uh, inside,
1: I remember uh, that episode. Yeah, their
2: spaceship under the volcano, and Wheeljack had to create something. But they can only scan what was within inside their building, so within the walls of
0: the volcano were uh, dinosaur remains. Right, Bill? Come on, they like jumped the shark within five episodes to bring up the Dinobots. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I love the jets. I love the cars, trucks, mammals. Really? <laughs> Well, what do you mean? They were, they're more
2: a part of the earth than something fabricated by man.
1: Well, the idea initially was that they could hide. They were in this robots in disguise, right? Well, right. a metal dinosaur isn't really in disguise. <laughs> Thank you. Someone on my side here. That's
2: the evolution of the show. You can't stay what?
0: stagnant with just cars and planes and that's it. What episode number did they come out, though? It was really early on, wasn't it? Or am I thinking the comics? They came no, it out was.
1: Early. It was pretty early on. It was season one, wasn't it?
2: Uh, shit, one or two. I don't remember which.
1: I'm pretty sure it was season one. I could be wrong. I went through and was watching those uh, on Netflix well, as well recently.
2: Bill, there's the character Cosmos, who's a UFO shuttle or spaceship. Is that uh, realistic for you? So are you okay with that? because we see those flying around all the time. Robots
0: well, in disguise.
1: Let's let's be honest though. I had just as much a problem with with Megatron turning into a gun and then shrinking down so Soundwave <laughs> could hold him.
0: <laughs> oh, they deal with that in the comics though. Joe Dude, did a massive write up on how that works.
1: Really? Well, yeah. do tell cuz I <laughs> I have I no idea. I thought it was just uh,
2: a... I'll send you the link. It's on my okay. uh... <laughs> All
0: right. You can't quickly summarize? (laughs) No. This has been hotly debated.
2: It's too many debates all the time. It's
0: too detailed
2: of a topic. (laughs) You want to check out my blog at angrycanadiandecepticon.blogspot.ca.
1: I will check it out. (laughs) There's all kind of scaling issues there. Like sometimes the uh, Autobots were inside of another vehicle, right? And they were way too big yeah. to fit in there.
0: Well, Soundwave too is like massive, but he should be just a ghetto blaster,
1: right? So
0: but they explain <laughs> all that. I read so Joe's awesome. column on it. It it does make sense. He explains it. It's good.
1: Well, that was one of my biggest problems with the first in the theater watching the first Michael Bay movie. Um, it was almost like he incorporated magic into. It wasn't just technology because the. the like the Soundwave robot would turn into a cell phone at one point. Hmm. Remember that? And I'm like, well, where'd the rest of the metal go? Yeah, that was, was another like, just, all.
2: all the characters didn't turn into what we had grown up and were accustomed to. Yeah, yeah. That and was the, the most shocking thing and, and all that
0: bullshit. It's like, we're used to seeing these big chunks of car parts uh, fold and like turn over and switch into something else and then these these Bay movies, it was all these minutiae of parts flying um, around, whipping you can hated it. You dude. couldn't visualize what part is turning into what. Nope.
1: They and were it, fighting. I had no idea who was good, who was bad, who was hitting who. It was a just a mess. You couldn't tell what was going on. The camera needed to be like, you know, another fifty foot back, not under the legs when they were fighting. It was just absolutely <laughs> horrible.
2: Well that that was to disguise the shittiness of the uh yeah. actual figures themselves.
0: Yeah,
1: I used to watch the Transformers cartoons as a kid and tape them, and I would slow motion the transformations. I was so fascinated by the the, the way they drew the transformations, and that sound effect was just nothing like it in the world.
2: <laughs> and if you watch the transformations now, it's just like the the cartoon artist just quickly, oh, this this moved over here. You didn't see that.
1: I know. I hate, I, I tried to watch the newer. Um, uh, version a couple years ago and it was more of an anime kind of style and uh, yeah, uh, when transformed they transformed the you just saw like a whirlwind uh, in between one, one you know the robot or the car and they didn't really show it I was, right away I was like well I'm not watching this mm. you can't see him trance that was the best part <laughs> watch that generation one man and there's, this, there's one of the episodes this one shot where there's like all the Autobots lined up more like a cliff and they all, the camera just pans across and they're all transforming down to their vehicles. It is just so cool to watch. And I would just watch that in slow motion and uh, try to figure it all out. It was so cool.
2: If you haven't seen it, you should probably check out the Transformers Prime cartoon. I've heard of that. I may have checked it out. It was the latest one that aired, um, I think it finished a year or two ago. It was about four or five seasons, and that was certainly more uh, adult-based. I think you were talking about... Uh, you may have been thinking about the uh, Transformers animated.
1: Yes, I think, Which yeah. was
2: before the Prime. Yes. Um, yeah, and I tried watching that myself, and I think I, I managed to get through two seasons, and I, I yeah, couldn't stomach it. Was... it but uh, Prime is <coughs> certainly more uh, adult-related or oriented, it, I guess.
1: Is it CGI? Uh, I watched one that was CGI, and I was not impressed. I don't know what it was, but I was not yeah, impressed. Yeah. So it was a... I think the first episode had a, a girl motorcycle in it in the, in the beginning.
2: That's the prime one. you got to push through like the first okay. few episodes because they try to bring in the the uh, younger audience with you know the silliness of the, the three kids that they use. Yeah. It, it really takes a dark turn later on.
1: Gotcha. I'll have to give that a shot.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to give that a shot too. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of those kids being in whatever episodes I saw. And that motorcycle check, I know. push through it. That's what Joe says, just like the
2: wire, push through. I, I, gets. Through. I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste your. No, I didn't say push through with the wire. about
0: horrible. <laughs> I'm still pushing through. Taking a break, but I'm pushing through. Well, guys, I got to say, uh, good it's getting On. Great show. Uh, thanks to our very special surprise guest, Duke, from Retro Nonsense. I hope you had a good time.
1: I did. I really appreciate the invite. It was a good time, for sure. I'm not very good at talking, so I, I'm not – you guys are – I love your guys' style. You're all, like, just laid back. and I like how when you guys start the podcast, you're, like, already talking. You're, like, in mid-conversation. See, I told you, Bill. <laughs> I like that.
2: Bill hates very that, casual. and I tell him that's, what, that's I how love it starts it.
1: off, man. I always pictured you guys like with your feet propped up with sunglasses on and like Hawaiian shirts just kind of kicking back with a <laughs> a, uh, a drink with an umbrella in it. You, know, just, you guys are – I like your style. Very entertaining.
0: Well, thanks for the comments. really thanks appreciate you very it. very much. Definitely appreciate you listening and uh, giving us all the, the retweets and everything you do for our show out there on uh, – The social networks. Appreciate it. My
1: pleasure. We have to thank Barrett O'Mars. He kind of pointed me towards you. He tweeted one day that he was uh, he discovered you guys, and I was like, well, if he likes them, I'm sure I will. So I checked you guys out, and sure enough, I really enjoy it.
2: Did you want to give yourself any plugs while you're on too?
1: Uh, Sure. I'm on uh, Twitter at at Duke0619, and uh, I have a YouTube channel called Retro Nonsense.
0: Joe That's it. Bill? <laughs> we have a YouTube channel it's uh, fledgling it's very uh, unique because it has not a lot of stuff on it but it's growing uh, <laughs> look for us at Start to Continue on YouTube and uh, get us on Twitter at STCPod and we have a website STCPod.com Joe tell them about your tranny crap
2: uh, you can follow me <laughs> you can follow me on twitter at acdecepticon and check out my blog spot
0: angrycanadiandecepticon.blogspot.ca as our second guest ever do please can you we have a a sign off we say we say uh, uh, post and post it can you
1: please do that for us now post and post it